Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. So good to see you this morning. Trust you've had a good week this week. Amen. How many of us had a good week? How many of us had plenty to eat and one place to sleep? Come on. Amen. How many got a healthy family? Amen. We've had a good week. Amen. Things may not have turned out the way you think they should in whatever situation in your life, but we've had a good week this week, and we just want to thank the Lord for that. I want to talk to you today uh, out of Psalm 91. A very familiar scripture for anybody that's read any of the Bible. It's a very popular uh, chapter in the Bible. And I want to talk to you about a title of a message today called Resting in the Shadow. Resting in the Shadow. How many of us are getting mentally tired at times? How many of us know that to get mentally tired is worse than getting physically tired? I mean, how many of us get home some days from work and you're just tired? You know, I teach school. Uh, my wife understands when I get home after teaching four 80 blocks classes in a day with about 86 kids, I really don't want to talk to nobody for a few minutes. Amen. But we get mentally and we get physically tired. And how many of us know that if we don't go back to the well, if we don't draw from our source, the Lord, we're going to get spiritually tired. And when you get mentally tired and you get spiritually tired, your body begins to break down. Amen. You, been, you, you get under uh, a spiritual attack. And I want to talk to us today about a title of a message called Resting in the Shadow. Let's read uh, Psalm 91. We're going to read a lot of scripture here this morning. I want you to stand one more time. I'm going to get you to stretch your legs one more time if you can. And read for the uh, read, reading of the word. Let's read together. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the shepherd of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. And verse 4, he will cover you with, the with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. In verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. In verse 9, if you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will give, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Then he will lift up your hands so that your feet, so, your, so you will not strike your foot against the stone. They will lift you up with your hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Amen. Let's pray together. Again. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your strength. Give us freedom to speak your word in liberty. 
and in harmony, and may your body and your believers be encouraged and helped, and your church be edified, and your name be glorified in Jesus' name. And all the church said amen. Amen. I promise you can sit down for a few minutes now. Amen. I mean, I'm just getting you get your get your uh, circulation going here, your cardio in this morning. Amen. If I got to stand up, everybody should too. No, I'm just joking. Amen. Now, psalm 91. The, the whole Psalm of 91 talks. The chapter of Psalm 91 talks about expresses the security that we have of those who fully trust God, and that He will be our refuge, and that we seek Him for protection in times of danger. It does not promise. That danger won't come near you. It promises that he will protect you in it. Amen? Amen. Amen. A lot of times we think when we get saved that once I get saved, then I won't have anything go wrong in my life. That's not true. Matter of fact, when you get saved, you get this real big target on your back and on your chest. And the Bible says in 1 Peter that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? And that your enemy is seeking and roaring around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he is after you, but he has a target, and you have a target on your back. But guess what? The good news is you have a God that's going to protect you. Those who commit themselves will fall, will, those commit themselves to the will and protection of the Almighty, and daily seek to live in his presence. The more we abide in Christ and his word, the greater our peace and deliverance will be in times of danger. So let me say this. If we're looking for peace as a nation and as a country and as a people in the media, I promise you, you're going to go to bed shaking and scared at night. Let me say that again. Can I say something freely here for a moment? You need to turn the media off. Turn social media off. Open your Bible up and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. I turned my Instagram and my Facebook off last night. You know why? I'm going to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church in the last days. That's right. We need to put out the clutter. Listen, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you you need to think about it. What are you feeding your spirit today? What are we feeding our spirit? Now, the Bible, the Bible tells us, Scripture tells us, that God's Word is more quick and more sharp than any double-edged sword. It cuts even to the inmost parts of my being. But the Word can't cut to the inmost parts of my being if I'm not reading and studying. So what's going on around me is, and I've had to been through an attack spiritually this week myself, but can I tell you I found rest and peace under the shadow of the Almighty? Because I didn't kick Him to the side when things got tough. I leaned into Him. Now, I'm going to use Colin for just a minute. Colin, come help me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to use you as an illustration. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if the sun's shining and Colin's standing in front of me, and the sun's shining this way, what's going to happen? What's coming off of Colin? A shadow. Can I tell you today, I can't be within his shadow unless I'm close to him. Hear me for a moment, church. It would be better for Colin that I would be casting the shadow to him because I'm a lot bigger guy than he is. Amen? See, I'm giving you out, Colin. Y'all got to be rough. But I, he can't be in my shadow. Now I can be in his shadow because I'm behind him. His body is causing the sun to cast the shadow on me. Hear me today, church. You Thank you, Colin. Y'all give him a good hand. Hey, y'all, I was going to embarrass you. 
Amen. He, he, he just, I just confirmed to y'all that I was bigger than Colin. That's what's going to happen to him when he gets older. But anyway, we're moving on. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I can't be in the shadow of God if I'm not close to him. I can't be in a refuge if I'm not close to him. If I'm filling my mind with all the things of this world and the attacks of the enemy, if I am focusing on my battle instead of on my God, I cannot be in his shadow. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you so exuberant about this this morning? Hear what I'm saying today, church. In these last days, you better stay under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, you can find some rest and some peace. Because you know what people are looking for, regardless of whether they know Jesus Christ and they're living for him or not. What are they looking for? Peace. Why do people pay thousands and thousands of dollars for vacations and homes? And why do people stay and drink everything they can drink and snort everything they can snort and smoke everything and pop everything and shoot everything up because they want some what? They want some peace from what's going on in their life. Can I tell you today, there is no peace outside of the, of the, armor, of the armor and the strength of Almighty God. There's no peace. Jesus told his disciples, he said it like this, peace I leave in you. Peace, my peace I give unto you. Not as the peace this world gives. This world can't give me, listen, government can't give me no peace this morning. What's going on in Washington? There's no peace there. But can I tell you what's going on in this church today? There's some peace here. Amen. We can be under the shadow of the Almighty today. You say, well, Pastor Rex, uh, uh, you know, what's going to happen? You know what? I don't know what's going to happen. But you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Jesus is going to still be with me tomorrow. And he's going to never leave me nor forsake me. And that he's going to protect me. And you say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, let's, let's walk a little bit further in this. Psalm 91.1 says, refers to God as the Most High. The word Most High means and shows him to be greater than any threat we face. When Jesus, when the Father was referred to as the Most High, that means he's greater than any threat we face. Daniel said it like this in Daniel, Daniel chapter 4, verse 17. It says, the decision is announced by the messengers, the holy ones declare the verdict. So that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all nations and kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them to the lowest, lowliest of people. Who does that? God. How many know that the Lord sets up kingdoms and he brings them down? There's nothing that's going on in our world that God don't know about and that he can't alter. What's going around us doesn't change who God is and doesn't change what will come to pass. Let me say that. What's going on around us does not change who God is or what will come to pass. What does scripture tell us about what will come to pass? The Bible says in the last days, men would be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God, high-minded, prideful, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Are we there, church? Yes. Are we there? Are we to the place in the church today to where people would rather be anywhere else but in church? Yeah. We come to the place in church, and it's okay if I preach a little bit. We come to the place in church. We don't want to be under the shadow anymore. We just want fire insurance to keep from going to hell. Yeah, that's right. I was getting quiet. It's getting quiet. 
But the bottom line is, in these days that we're going to walk through the next few years, until the Lord comes, we better get under the shadow of the Almighty. We better get in a place where his shadow is covering us. David, I want to be where his feathers cover me. Anybody ever been around a farm with some chickens? We got a nice little crop of chickens. These folks are going to heal all right here. And I come down yesterday to bring some down, things down to the church, and I was going to come in the back door. Regina, I like to run over that rooster two times. You know what I did when I pulled up there at the chance? You know what he did? He ran up to my truck, and he says, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't want nothing to do with your hands. Just go on. Move out of the way. So I run over. But you know what he was doing? He was guarding his territory. It wasn't even his territory. He's down here eating on the church's grass. He's getting a free meal. But the bottom line, he is doing what? He is territorial. So what about happens if the church becomes territorial? What happens if the church starts realizing the power that we have in Christ Jesus and we start operating in the authority that God's given us? What happens if the church starts proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ by how we live, not just what we say? What happens when we start resting under the shadow of the Almighty and no matter what's going on around us, we have peace? What happens is the gospel goes forth and the church and the good news is proclaimed and the, the actual great commission is being fulfilled through in us and through us when we walk in peace. So the little chickens, they back there eating. You know, scratching around, and I ain't gonna talk about what else they're doing. But you better walk and watch it when you walk around behind the church. Now. You know, not every church has their own chickens. You know, hanging out, chilling. But they back there. You know, when I found one day Judy back there mowing, I found an egg up under the shed. You know, I guess they trying to pay rent or something. I don't know. They're just hanging out, laying eggs. You know. But the bottom line is, they're here because there's something to eat. Listen, church. They're, I've never seen a fire truck go to anywhere where there's not a fire. Fire trucks go to fires because there's a fire there. People are going to go to the church when there's a fire there. When there's something there that's going to change their life and bring them out, they're going to come to it. We can't expect to come to something that's still just smoldering. When something's smoldering, that means there used to be a fire there. There may be a few embers there. Listen, church, we can't expect... To, to reach people for the kingdom and the attack against the church and be progressive for the kingdom if we're still smoldering still we're burning unless we're burning up. Listen, yes. in the in the, in, the uh, in Acts chapter two when it talked about the Holy Spirit falling on the church, the Bible said it sounded like dynamite went off when the power of the Holy Spirit fell on the church and then they began to do the will of the Father. Isn't that what it said? Yes. And thousands begin to know the Lord, came to know the Lord every day. He said, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with the shadow? They were in close contact with where God told them to be. They were in the shadow. They were under the covering of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our shadow, is our covering today. We talk about Almighty. Almighty emphasizes in verse 1, it says, under the shadow of the Almighty. The word Almighty emphasizes that he has the power to confront and to destroy every enemy. If he's Almighty God, how many has ever heard somebody say Almighty God? We refer to God as Almighty because he has the power to confront and destroy every enemy. The Bible tells us in Revelation that he will cause all of his enemies to be made his footstool and he will place them under his feet. Isn't that, isn't that what it says? If you go back and read that, so it doesn't matter who's where and who has a place of leadership, God is still in control. Amen? And he hasn't missed anything and he's going to give us peace. If we'll stay under the shadow. Almighty meaning God. It also means El Shaddai. Having unlimited power, influence, and being omnipotent. 
El Shaddai means he has unlimited influence and power. When we go to God, as Hebrews 4 and 16 tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace, don't go in there like you're talking to some third-party person trying to get an answer to a prayer. Go in there like you're talking to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. The Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. What are you doing when you're going boldly to the throne of grace? You are going under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen? Where I find hope, healing, and peace. Now, I had to deal with a couple of things this week that I had to learn to press into the Almighty. My mind, Karen, was wanting me to run in a different direction, was wanting me to cower down and quit. But you know what the Holy Spirit would say? Pick yourself up, son. Get up under the shadow of the Almighty. Listen to church. It's not going to be easy at times. Sometimes they're going to be all out hellish attack against you. But can I tell you, there's peace under the shadow of the Almighty? Yes. There's help there. He will destroy things. He is El Shaddai. He has unlimited power, influence. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere, all-powerful, omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. He's here in McCall, Alabama, and he's in Mobile, Alabama. He's in Africa, and he's in Great Britain. He's in Mississippi, and he's in North Carolina. Believe it or not, yes, he's even in Washington, D.C. Think about that for a moment. He is everywhere at all times. He's God. The third one is he is Lord. He assures us that his presence never leaves us. Joshua said it like this. When he saw the angel, he said, my Lord. That's the way Joshua addressed the angel when he saw him. He said, my Lord. Because Joshua recognized the almighty power of the one drone there with the sword. He understood. What did Jesus say on the cross when he was crying out to God when God had turned his back on him and he that knew no sin had became sin for us? Jesus addressed the Father as this. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God the Father was turning the back on his son because his son who knew no sin was becoming sin for us. So he addressed him as my God. Even in the anguish and the agony of the cross, Jesus still recognized who the Father was. Amen? And his cry was, listen church, somebody needs to hear me today. You may be walking through the worst time and the most uncertain time of your life, but I can tell you, your God still knows right where you're at, and you may not think I can take another step, but actually what's happening is he's taking that step for you. Come on. He's helping you through it. He's going to move for you and move you through it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he is my Lord. My Lord comes from the Hebrew word being Jehovah. Jehovah meaning one who has absolute control. Our God is Jehovah Rapha. Our God is Jehovah Jireh. That means he will provide for us. He is Jehovah Nisi. He has many gods, many names. But Jehovah means he is Lord over all. You say, well, pastor, so why do I need to approach him with humility, yet boldness? Because I'm not talking to some low-level person. I'm not talking to his secretary or his administrative assistant. I'm talking to the king of all kings and the lord of all lords when I go into the throne. Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because Jesus cried those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We are not forsaken. 
Because of what he cried. When he said, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. Come on. You know what happened? The Bible says that the veil of the temple was rent. We used to have to go to the priest to get forgiveness. But when the veil of the temple was rent and Jesus gave up the ghost, we have a pathway, a four-lane four highway paved for us to the throne room because of what Jesus did. And it's a message that should never get old. You can rest under the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, it's like going to the mountains. And you drive through those mountains, and there's those big, pretty hardwoods at this time of year when the leaves are turned and they're falling. And you think about the shadow of those big trees that they cast across that road and how beautiful that is. Can I tell you, he'll take you down some long, have you just noticed that they have the rails on the side of those mountains for a reason? That if you have a uh-oh, it's going to keep you in the road. It may get your car up, but it's going to keep you in the road. Can I tell you today, God puts rails on the side of the roads in the places where the shadows are because he wants to keep you in the road. He wants to help you see that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that he will go with you always, even until the ends of the earth. So our message is to us today, church, are we under the shadow? What are we feeding our spirits today? So, well, Pastor, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? He's telling me to limit what social media that I put in my spirit. And push my plate back and fast and pray and hear and read my word and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. That's what he's telling me. He's telling me, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. I can't hear him if I'm not seeking him. Ask, and he will open. Seek, and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened unto you. Give, it will be given unto you. Press down. It's word this morning. Press down, shaking together, running over. So am I, am I going to go and hide in the corner and suck my thumb or cry or poke my nose to the corner and close my eyes and wait for it to go away? Or am I going to stand up and be the, be the walk in the righteousness that Jesus died for me to have? Am I going to stand up and be the warrior for Christ that he called me to stand up to be? I'm going to stand up and be that person. I'm going to come boldly to the throne of grace. I'm going to trust that God has his hands on me and that he's going to keep me and everything that pertains to me. He said, well, Pastor, what else does he do? The Bible says, that he will give his angels charge over you. He will literally send warring angels to protect us. How many have ever been in a situation or almost in an accident and no doubt in your mind God protected you? Something could have happened. It didn't happen. You reacted, wasn't in that car accident or wasn't get, didn't get hurt. And all of a sudden, you just felt the presence of something that wasn't you there. The Bible talks about that he will give his angels charge over you. We are challenged as Christians to focus our mind on the things of God. And as we focus our mind on the things of God, we can do like Jesus and say, my God. See, Jesus, when he cried out from the cross, wasn't talking about somebody he didn't know. He was talking to somebody who he was a part of. So when I call my God, you know what happens? The Bible tells us, and it'll give us a little theology right here. The Bible said when Jesus left this world and he ascended to the Father, the Bible tells us that God gave him a place at his right hand. 
And at God's right hand, Scripture tells us, Jason, that is God's place of authority. And the Bible said that when Jesus sat down, came into the throne room, which was where the Father was, he sat down at the right hand of God, which is the place of authority. And Scripture also tells us that he's there to make intercession for you and me, ever, ever there. But he didn't only do that. God the Father and, and the Son, Jesus Christ, is in that throne room today. But the Bible also tells, he told his disciples, Jesus said, I'm going to go away. And it's to your best benefit that I go away because I'm going to send you something called the Holy Spirit. And he will lead you into all truth. You say, well, Pastor, do you ever see Jesus here? No, but I see the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is representative of Jesus here. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Two are in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is still here. Hear me what I'm saying today, church. The Holy Spirit will cover you. It is your covering. You want to find some covering? Get under the shadow of the Almighty. You say, well, Pastor, well, how do I get under the shadow of the Almighty? I get in my prayer room, and I begin to pray till I forget about what I'm praying about, and then the Spirit of God begins to pray through me, and you know what happens? Demons and all hell and all attacks of the enemy are falling by my side because I'm under the shadow of the Almighty, and you know what's happening? You know what that mama hen does when she has those little baby hen and baby chicks? And they sense danger. She will raise her wings. And those little, anybody ever seen that happen? And they, when she senses danger, those little babies will run up under her wings. She'll raise her wings. They'll go right up under her and she'll protect her. She'll lose her life protecting those little ones. But he said he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will find a place of refuge. How does he give us refuge in these times, church? It's going to go beyond situational places and circumstances in our life. We're so caught up with circumstances. Well, this is illegal and this one's done wrong. It doesn't matter about the circumstances. What matters is that my God is still on the throne. We're talking about a God that changes circumstances. Moses is standing at the Red Sea and he's got the greatest army on the face of the earth that's coming with a vengeance to destroy him and all the children of Israel. And all he's got is a rod, a staff, or a staff, and God. And a bunch of water in front of him. And they're coming. And God tells Moses, stretch out your rod. And you know what Moses has got in the background? He's got a bunch of naysayers that says, hey, Moses, why did you bring us here to die? Now we're going to be trampled under Pharaoh's chariot. We'd be better off to be back there in slavery and bondage. Isn't that what's going on? And that's what he's having to deal with. So if Moses, who was led, was, was given the place, actually seen God write the Ten Commandments and, and saw the back part of God has to go through stuff and has to go through attacks, do we think we're better than Moses? So Moses is standing there and God tells Moses, okay, Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to stretch out your rod and you speak to the water. And when he stretches out his rod, the Bible says that the water parts. And the Bible said the children of Israel walked across the Red Sea on dry and then they walked through. And when the Pharaoh and his army tried to pursue them, God causes the water to fall back in and top them, and they all drown. What's happening? Providence to get you through to the other side and destroy your enemies behind you, and you don't have to do anything but raise your hand. What are you saying today, Pastor? I'm saying this. We have this thing called the shield of faith. If we'll raise it up, He's going to park some places and some seeds in our life. And he's going to walk across on dry ground. You will stand.
and watch the wicked destroyed. Isn't that what it's saying? So we need to understand this today, church. And I, I, I'm hearing this in my spirit now more than ever. The Lord took, brought the scripture back to my mind the other day. He says, press unto the shadow of the Almighty and watch me destroy the wicked for you. When you get under my shadow and you under my cover, I'm going to destroy your enemy. Who is my enemy? Satan is our enemy. First Peter tells us that he's come to kill, steal, and what? It's not that Satan hates you so much. It's that when you're blood law and you wear the righteousness of God, he hates who you represent. Remember when they came to Jesus and they said, hey Jesus, even the demons have, are subject to us in your name. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. You know what Jesus was saying? When they crossed my father, he said, get out. You are a blood-bought child of the kingdom. King. When they cross you, he'll tell them to get out. Yeah. Under the shadow of the Almighty. It is a spiritual place. The Bible says those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are a spirit. Your body's going to the grave one day if you leave this earth by the grave. But your spirit's going to spend eternity somewhere. Right. Hear me today, church. You say, well, pastor, why are you saying this? Because if we don't know Jesus and we leave here, we're going to hell. You know, a lot of people don't even preach that no more. But the Bible says that there's so many people going to hell that it has enlarged itself to receive them. But God didn't create hell. You said, well, Pastor, I didn't come this morning to hear you preach about hell. Well, guess what? You might not want to come back next Sunday because a lot of people need to be hearing about hell. That's right. Amen. Because we're living in a place. Come on now. I heard a guy say the other day, watching the news, he says, you know, God just loves everybody. And because we're a good person, I, I, I'm talking about somebody who's talking about somebody on the news. Because we're a good person, we're going to see that person in heaven one day. If that person didn't know Jesus and you don't know Jesus, you're not going to see them in heaven. That's the truth. So what is the message that we're telling? That Jesus is the hope. You know what scripture said? We need to be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within us. The apostle said it like this. If I didn't have Jesus, I would be of all men. Most miserable. That's what he said. I would be without hope. So what am I saying today? Pressing under the shadow of the Almighty. You can't press into God if you don't have a relationship with God. A lot of people deal with this. I used to deal with this as a Christian. Talking to God. I had a guy ask me a while back. He says, Pastor, Rex, he addressed me as Pastor, he addressed me as Rex. He says, Rex, how do you talk to God? I said, just like I'm talking to you. We have conversations. I know people in traffic sometimes on 150. I had my windows down Friday and I was talking to God driving 150 traffic. I had a couple people and I was just having a little time, me and the Lord. And I had a couple of women look at me like, is this guy okay? I'm just talking to the Lord. I know they 
was hoping that I had Bluetooth on my phone and I was talking to somebody because I you know, some of y'all talk with your hands. Anybody besides me talk with their hands? <laughs> but me and the Lord was having a conversation. I was talking to him about some things. And as I, you know what I, I felt here? I felt a little down when I left work about situations. But after that 10-minute drive on 150 back out to the interstate, I felt better because I was talking to the king of all kings. That's right. And the Lord of all lords. And I was giving it to him. So we're not built for it. We're built to cast our cares at his feet. And the worst thing we can do as Christians is give something to God and then pick it up when we leave. I'm guilty of it. We'll go spend 15 minutes in prayer. Or clean our own house. How many of ever do this? I usually I pray a lot when I'm doing something. And then we'll say, well, Lord, I'm giving this to you today. I'm not going to carry this no more. Oh, yeah, I need to go put that back in my backpack before I finish. <laughs> when he says, come boldly to the throne of grace, where you find help, hope, and healing in your dying of need. Yeah. So what is he saying about the shadow of the Almighty? Remember, Colin's shadow couldn't cover me if I'm not close to him. God's shadow can't cover me if I'm not close to him. If I'm looking for everything else in this world, to give me peace, I won't find it. But if I look into the pages of this book and I'll call out to Almighty God, He will cover me. He will keep me. He will, he will make his, our mind. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast upon Him. Proverbs talks about His keep you in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast upon Him. Philippians chapter 4 says, I need to, I need to think about all those things that are wholesome and that are good, and that are trustworthy. You're not going to find it on the news, folks. You'll be ready to strap that little bomb to your back and jump off that cliff if you listen to it. I'm just being real with that. You'll be ready to buy all the ammo you can and get up in a, in a, in a brick room. I'm just, am I being real? But if I get in the word of God, I understand that he will never leave me nor forsake me. And that the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords is going before me, fighting for me. And he will give his angels charge over me. That means God will literally send his angels to fight for me. Yeah. You say, well, Pastor, I don't believe it. Go read the book. Let me give you a scripture here real quick. I'm going to give you proof. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? Are not all angels ministering spirits, spirits sent to serve those who inherit salvation? So when I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, He immediately sends angels to minister to me. You know what it says? When I inherit salvation, He's immediately got them fighting for me. He will give his angels charge over you. So, well, Pastor, you want to know one of the biggest things or the greatest individuals that God sends to protect your children? God literally sends angels in the presence of your children. Come on, I'm, thinking, I'm telling the truth. To protect them. And you have the authority. If Jesus had the authority to call all heaven and earth 
Remember when Jesus was drunk, was out in the wilderness and he was fasting? And Satan says, hey, if you're the Lord who you say you are, why don't you just cast yourself down off this mountain? Why don't you command these stones to be turned into bread? Why don't you do this? Jesus didn't fight him, Satan, with his words. Jesus fought him with the words. You should not tempt the Lord your God. And finally, Jesus got so tired of it, every time Satan would attack Jesus, Jesus would give him scripture. Then Jesus said, be gone from me. And what did Satan do? He got in his little car and he left. He didn't have no car. He might have had a little donkey and a buggy. But I guarantee you he was leaving the side of that hillside because Jesus said, get me behind me, Satan. Remember when Peter told him, hey, Jesus, you don't, I'm going to preach right here. You don't need to go to the cross. And Jesus looked at Peter, who would preach, and thousands come to know the Lord. And he said, get behind me, Satan. Because Jesus' plan was for me and you to have salvation. And Peter was standing in the way of that plan. Hear what I'm saying today, church. You are not forsaken. America is not forsaken. This is not the end. But we better stay under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm giving you some encouragement today. You can't be close to Him if you don't read His Word and pray. It don't work. And we're going to have to spend more time there than we spend in other places. I've been preaching the last several weeks, or I preached for about four weeks on spiritual authority. Miss Mary Ann, the very week I began to preach on spiritual authority, God began to open up doors in my workplace for me to pray for people. But you know what Satan don't like? He don't like that. You think he's going to let me take ground for the kingdom without a fight? So you know what he did this week? He turned it up a notch on me this week. He said, you may take ground, but I'm just going to pour it out on you this week. But you know what happened at the end of the week? The Lord said, I'm going to watch your enemies. But you're going to stand here because you're under my shadow, and you're going to watch your enemies fall. Amen. Can I tell you today, he's not going to leave me nor forsake me, but i got to stay close to the shadow. I gotta stay close to him. And there's somebody that I'm talking to today. Church, listen to me. It is not a time to take your hands off the plow and walk away. We need to put our set our eyes like a plant towards heaven and press forward. There's a lot of people giving up. Look around you. There's a lot of people giving up and quitting. Do not quit. The Bible says, He that endures to the end shall be saved. Why does the guy that sprint, the guy that runs marathons have to have more endurance than the guy that sprints? Because the sprint is a short race, but the marathon causes us to have endurance. Hear me today, church. The greatest thing you need to be praying for as a Christian is the spirit of endurance. He said, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. All prayed for endurance. He said, pray for me. That I may endure these hardships. Isn't that what he said? Mm-hmm. Writing a large portion of the epistles from a prison cell. And he's praying. Pray for me that I endure. I'm almost done. Romans 8, not Raymond. That's what y'all think. We're all thinking about Raymond noodles by now. Right? <laughs> Romans 8, 35 through 7. Somebody needs to hear this today. It says, Who shall separate us? From the love of God, which is in Christ. Could oppression or anguish 
or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Even as it's written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors, conquerors through him who loved us. He didn't say he wasn't going to face peril or sword. He didn't just say he wouldn't. But he said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In Revelation chapter 3, it says it like this. They were made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. What's more valuable? What does Satan hate about the church? Your testimony. Our testimony, the Great Commission, is us telling the story of Jesus to somebody else. Us sharing the hope that we have in us, Satan wants us to stop. So if he can rob you of your hope, you won't share the hope with somebody else. Because you don't have any hope to give because you lost it. How many ever been in that place where you just felt hopeless? Come on. You face that at times and you think, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And all of a sudden, boom, God just comes through. You didn't do it. God did it. Because he's made us more than conquer. Romans 8, 28 says it like this. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And we know. And we know. If I come up to this door of this church, Brother Keith, and try to open that door, and I don't know the combination, it will not let me in. Matter of fact, after I try it about three times, it's going to lock me out, and it's not going to let me in unless I have the key. I forgot the combination one day. Been in this, this store, um, I don't even know how many times. But I'm putting in the wrong code, and I'm like, And it don't matter how many times I put it in, it was going to let me know because I was having one of those days. You know, how many know you don't even know your name some days? I was having one of those days. And I couldn't remember that code. And it wasn't going to let me in. After a while, it just, it just beat and went off. And it locked me out. And I'm sitting there thinking, hey, Dom, you got a key in your pocket. Just open it with the key. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit saying, hey, Dom, maybe the Holy Spirit was laughing at me. I don't know. But I got to know the code to get in that door. And if I don't have the key, I got to have the code. Hear what I'm saying to that church. You got to know that Jesus is on your side. Yeah. You got to know. You got to understand who he is. And we won't know unless we know about his character and who he is. The more I get to know about him, the more I get to know him. Yeah. The closer I am to him, the more I can feel him. The more I'm around him, the more I'm going to show other people him. The more. The more I'm at. Acts 17, 28, our last scripture, it says this. In him, or in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Why do I need to be close to him? Because I have my being in him. The breath I have is a gift. It's his. Everything that we're stewards of and leadership of this church, it's a gift. I don't own anything. The house up on the hill, me and the finance company own it. But really, I don't own it. 
It's his. That car set truck sitting right down here, and those two cars that we have, three, I don't know. It's God's. The breath I breathe, I don't own it. It's God's. The job I have, I don't own it. It's God's. Y'all see where I'm going? I don't own anything. I'm just a steward of it. Hear me today, church. We need to quit being so earthly minded. We're no heavenly good. We're worrying about things that won't need to be worried about. I had a friend of mine years ago. I'm done with this. I went to high school with him. He made wrong choices in high school. He went down the wrong path. He lived a rough, wicked life. He got real sick about a year before he passed away. So about three weeks before he died, a chaplain that was visiting the hospice that he was on had the opportunity to lead him to the Lord. He was a good friend of mine in school. I remember me and my brother and my sister had to sing at his funeral that day. Regina, I walked in there thinking, you know, he lived 30-some-odd years, and he wasted his life. And the minister got up there that led him to the Lord was, was doing the service that day, and he says, you know what's awesome about Jesus Christ and the love that he has? Whether you finish first or you finish last, as long as you finish under his blood, yes. you finished. Yes. I had the joy and honor the last three weeks of his life talking to him about Jesus and reading the word of God and discipling him in the last three weeks of his life. I said all I had to say this, church, life is valuable. It's valuable to us. But you know what's more valuable than this life? It's knowing where I'm going after this life. Amen. The Bible tells us that we are pilgrims and we are strangers. That means we're just passing through. Look, I'm looking forward to having lots and lots of grandkids. I'm looking forward to not losing my hair with the rest of my hair that's not gray getting gray. I'm looking forward to growing older with this lady. But what if I don't get that? I still know Jesus. That's what I'm saying. So I think we've come to a time in the church that we have to understand that what's got us to this point is not going to take us to the future. We're going to have to get close to the shadow of the Almighty. And we're going to have to make the main thing the main thing is that we live every day with love unconditionally. And Julie, when we lay our heads on our pillows at night, we have no regrets. Because we live Jesus to the world. Can I tell you today, church? If you live Jesus to the world, they're going to hate you. Isn't that what, they, isn't that what Jesus said? Yeah. You're going to be persecuted for my name's sake. Not all. Not all people. But some of them are going to hate you. Mm -hmm. The ones that some of the ones that threw palm trees on him when he came into Jerusalem in the street and said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's the same ones that were shouting in the crowd, crucify him. Right. You say, well, Pastor, why do you say all that? This world changes every day. Amen? Things are changing every day. 
Things are changing every day. But we serve a God who never changes. He loved me today. He loved me yesterday. He will love me tomorrow. He took care of me yesterday. He took care of me last week. He took care of me last week, last year. He's going to take care of me next week. He's going to take care of me. Amen. Amen. He's going to take care of me. I don't have to rest in the fact that I got to get good enough. I rest in the fact that he was good enough. Amen. Amen. And that grace can't be bought. It's a free gift. And the Bible tells us that he makes his mercies new every day. Every day. And every time when I thought I failed him too much, he just says, come on. Remember the problem? Brother said, man, thank you. I've worked all these years. You kill him without a calf. And you put a ring on his finger. You throwing this big party. He's wasted all that he had on the I've done all this. Who lost out on the deal? My older brother. Did he? Because he was sitting in the seat of judgment. Hear me today, church. Under his shadow is where we find peace. No other place. You will find rest under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto him, he is my God. In him I trust. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? I trust him more than Washington today. I trust most of you more than I do Washington. I don't say that ugly, but I trust you. My trust is not in government. My trust is not in my job. My trust is not in anything that I have. My trust is in him. And his promise to me is to take care of you. His promise to you is to never leave you nor forsake you, but to go with you always, even until the end of the earth. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. God, you've been so good to us. You've been so good to us, Lord. We love you. If there's somebody with every head bowed and every eye closed today, if there's someone under the sign of my voice and you don't know Jesus today, you can truthfully say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm where I need to be with the Lord. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I want you everybody to pray this prayer with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to apply your grace to my life once again. I ask you to change me. I ask you to sanctify me. I ask you to heal me. I ask you to deliver me. Father, I ask you to set my feet on solid ground. Help me to proclaim your good news. And to love others the way you love me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your hope. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for forgiving me this day. In Jesus' mighty name. All the church said amen. 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 The Bible says when one person comes to know the Lord that the angels in heaven, here we're talking about those angels again. They're throwing a party. They're rejoicing. He will give his angels charge of it. So my challenge is to you, the next time you're going through something, 
I want you to quote that scripture that says, Lord, you are giving your angels charge over me. Won't you just send a few of them right now and go to You have that authority. Remember we talked about the robe, the ring, and the shoes? He's giving me that authority. And I feel the Holy Spirit right now. Just as soaking and touching people like David, he's giving me authority. To stand there in the workplace, not just talk about Jesus, but the way you conduct business shows people Jesus. Boy, you run your own business, but showing people Jesus every day by the way you treat them. You know what a lot of people want us to do? They just need somebody to listen to them. And one of my students the other day, I'm not going to call that name, he said, Mr. Hayden, will you pass me? I told him, he said, I'm coming to hear you preach one day. I want to hear a man like you preach. Mm-hmm. Tears welled in my eyes and I had to go back like I had to go to the bathroom because I did. But you know what I did a few weeks ago? I sat there and welded with y'all while the other kids were and I let him talk about the thing he was going through. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything. I just sat there and nodded mm-hmm. and I listened. And I told him that I would be praying for him and that if he needed me, I was there. That was it. But you know what the Holy Spirit did? He says, let your light therefore shine among men that they may glorify me. It's not about me. It's what God's doing through me and you. Somebody needs to hear the hope that you have within you next week. Pray for those God encounters. How many has ever prayed for us? God, give me an account of somebody that needs to hear some good news this week. That needs to have some hope this week. I'm praying for you. Praying for our church family this week. We really need to be praying. We really need to be standing in the gap for our nation. That's the truth of it. More than anything else, we need to stay under the shadow of the outline. I stay close to him, he's covered. My daddy used to say, Red, it's not live to where you gotta shout for God. <laughs> live so close that you can whisper. Just live close enough to say, God, I need you. And you know the awful part about it? A lot of times all we gotta say is say, hey God, I need you. He's there. We don't have to say anything yet. Anybody in that place? And you just say, Lord, all of a sudden you feel peace of God. You don't have to say some long theological prayer. You're just asking God to help and be there. Because Jesus is interceding for us. Amen.